Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Fuel to Fry podcast. It's your bestie Emma here. I hope you're having an amazing day. Thank you so much for coming back. If you're new here, hello, hi, welcome. My name's Emma. Nice to meet you. Um, first of all, this is a safe space, so you're welcome anytime and you're in for a wild ride. Let me tell you that. Things are changing rapidly over here. Seriously, um, go listen to last week's episode because, whoa, we've got a whole new adventure on our way and it's all because I want to help you guys even more. So in today's episode, this one was inspired by one of my TikTok videos I did a few weeks ago that has suddenly landed on everybody's For You page because I've been getting a lot of positive response to it. So thank you so much. And if you aren't following my TikTok, um, well, excuse me, like what the hell are you doing? Um, Definitely go check that out. It's just Emma Clark Nutrition um, for more content similar to what I do on the podcast, but just integrating more of my lifestyle and personality and expect more content to do with my new adventure with studying my master's degree in dietetics. Um, I cannot wait to start sharing all of that. Like, honestly, so good. But today, today I am going to be talking about, whoa, I just lost my, lost my words for a second. I'm going to be talking about normal eating behaviors that diet culture has demonized. Yep, because there are so, so many eating behaviors that diet culture has ingrained into us saying like no that's the root of all evil don't do that that is not healthy but in reality guys these are completely normal eating behaviors and I'm going to clear up the confusion around some of them because some of them does spark a lot of controversy along different communities different groups and that sort of stuff but as a qualified professional we've already in this industry and as someone who's you know further studying um, within this industry to become a dietitian and all of that sort of stuff, I'm going to debunk some myths. I'm going to teach you guys, help you guys, and normalizing these behaviors because you know what? These are normal, okay? These are behaviors that no longer need to be demonized. And I hope after listening to today's episode, you can walk away and be like, wow, like this is okay. There's nothing wrong with me doing this behavior. There's nothing wrong with me eating that. There's nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong. And I want that for you because again, this is a safe space. Um, I want to help you guys the best way possible. And yeah, this should be exciting. So strap yourselves in and let's get on with the episode. Alrighty, first things first. The first eating behavior that is normal, but diet culture has absolutely just scrutinized and demonized. And when I did post this on TikTok, I did, Jesus Christ, I did get a lot of comments from people being like, "Mm, Emma, are you sure about this? Like, sis, are you, are you, are you sure? Like, is this factual? And again, this, the purpose of today's episode is to clear up some confusion and to put some evidence behind what I'm trying to say here. Okay. So, The number one normal eating behavior, okay, that diet culture has demonized is snacking at night or really just eating at night, anything after 6 p.m., right? And yeah, I did get a lot of comments being like, well, Emma, I don't think so. Like, mm, go check your facts. Well, hang on. Okay, let me just clear some things up. The truth behind snacking or eating at night 
And whether that's healthy or unhealthy for you, I guess we're going to put those words in quotation marks, all right? Whether you choose to eat at night, late at night, or snack at night, have something before bed is completely up to you, okay? The truth behind it, all right, you deciding to do it, is going to depend on how you respond. How you respond to eating before bed, all right? And there's two different situations where you can either continue with eating before bed or eating at night, or you can kind of like bring forward, I guess, the eating period so you eat a bit earlier before bed. So, number one, if you feel like eating before bed does stop you from sleeping in any way, all right, and again, this is going to be so individualized, all right, maybe it is the best, healthiest practice for you to, you know, eat a few hours before heading off to bed. So let me just bring in a scenario, right? You go to bed at nine o'clock, right? And maybe you typically eat something around, I don't know, like 8.45, but you're finding like my sleep, I'm I'm struggling to get to sleep or I'm just not getting a good deep sleep. All right. Bring the, I'm trying to word this properly, bring the time forward to maybe eat at like 8.30 and see how you go. All right. That is one scenario. The second scenario is, and this is so applicable to me because the first scenario, like not applicable to me, but the second one, and this is what most people need, is that if you need a snack, if you need some substance before you go to bed, before you go to sleep, okay, then go for it. I, oh my God, I need something like really close to bed in order for me to get a good night's sleep. And this is also, also a very important reminder as well. Like if you're hungry and it's like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. and it's stopping you from sleeping, go eat. That is the most healthiest thing you can do. And it's completely normal, completely normal. I guarantee you, you're not going to get a good enough sleep if you're going to bed hungry. There's nothing worse. There is absolutely nothing worse than going to bed hungry, all right? You have the permission to eat something before bed, especially if you're hungry, okay? Especially if you're hungry, all right? And in some cases, in some individuals, let's say type 1 diabetics, they actually, like, it's a necessity for them to eat something before bed. Like, otherwise, they're going to be in big trouble, okay? Because let's face it, their glycogen stores are already depleted, all right? And when we sleep, this is some science for you, when we sleep, our glycogen stores actually get depleted overnight within our liver. So that is also why it's so important for us to eat breakfast every single morning, because if we continue to fast, we're not eating anything till lunchtime, our liver, our glycogen stores within our liver are going to be so, so depleted And that is seriously going to impact our health on a detrimental level. So for type 1 diabetic peoples, they need some carbohydrates to top up those glycogen stores before they go to bed. Otherwise, they're going to have some complications with their sleep. They're not going to sleep well. They're going to wake up and have some issues with their glucose and that sort of stuff. So again, if you're, that's a different scenario as to why like that is a healthy eating practice for those types of people. But in general, in general, eating at nights or close to bedtime, snacking and that sort of stuff is normal. 
absolutely normal. So yeah, shut up diet culture. I'm going to continue eating before bed, snacking before bed, because you know what? I get my best sleep when I have my night snack and you know what? I don't give it. I don't give a damn because all the evidence out there, you know, towards eating at night, okay, favours. There is actually multiple studies done recently as well, one particular one done in 2021 that found that eating something less than an hour before bed actually increased sleep duration. So this is also, this whole episode as well, is also a really good reminder to just really be careful with where you get your nutrition information from because there's a lot of bullshit out there and I really hope that you get your nutrition information and dietary advice from people who are qualified, accredited, and know their shit. Moving on, second normal eating behavior that diet culture just happens to demonize, eating dessert every single day. I don't know about you, but there is not a day that goes by where I do not eat dessert. And, you know, yes, there was times when I was struggling with my relationship with food, where I would purposely avoid dessert because I had this fear that it was so bad for me, that it was so unhealthy for me, that I was going to gain weight, that it was just the root of all evil. But now I'm like, hell, like dessert is like the ultimate joy, the ultimate joy. Like it having like a little dessert after dinner every single night just caps off my day. Absolutely caps off my day. I don't know about you, but to me, like I need it. And recently as well, I've been really loving lunchtime desserts. So you have your lunch and then you have like a little dessert, something I've usually baked and it just, I just feel so satisfied. And that's the thing as well. Usually having like a sweet little dessert snack after your main meal really helps with satisfaction. And that's okay because a big part of eating is feeling satisfied. Okay. There is absolutely nothing wrong with eating dessert because it's normal. That's a part of a healthy balanced diet is eating dessert. You don't need to cut out dessert if you're looking to improve your nutrition, okay? You can keep dessert in. So if anyone is trying to tell you out there that, or make you feel bad, should I say, for eating dessert, like get out, get those people out of your life. Like stay away from those people. If eating dessert every day brings you joy, helps you feel satisfied and just helps you maintain a healthy relationship with food, by all means, continue on with that eating practice. Okay, this next one, I, wow, like it actually hits home and I think it's going to hit home for a lot of people at how it's really impacted our relationship with food over the years or however long you've had a unhealthy relationship with food. If you are listening who doesn't or hasn't had the best relationship with food in the past, all right? Eating bread multiple times per day. I I think this might be the biggest one in where diet culture has demonized everything about this. Bread, but eating bread multiple times per day. Like I'm still like Wow. And when I posted this on TikTok as well, like a lot of people really resonated with this one and are really trying to remind themselves like, look, it is okay. It is okay to eat bread 
multiple times per day. And it is. I don't know where the hell this has come from. Why? Why diet culture has decided, look, if you eat bread, you know, more than two slices of bread per day, that's so bad. That's so unhealthy. Like, you are disgusting. You're a pig. I don't know. I'm just putting out words here. But, like, let's think about it. Bread is an amazing source of carbohydrates. A convenient source of carbohydrates. So... You can have it for breakfast, toast, and you can have it for lunch too. And you can have it for dinner if you like as well. Nothing bad is going to happen because it's a source of carbohydrates. We need to eat carbohydrates at every single meal if we want to keep our energy levels up, feel satiated, and actually have a healthy, balanced diet. But, I, I, like, I'm, wow. Like, I'm just trying to think back, like, in ways in which this whole thing around bread really impacted me. And, like, holy hell, it did. Like, from, as a teenager, or, well, actually, probably not a teenager, I think a young teenager, like, preteen, 12, 13, I would eat bread for, like, breakfast, and then I'll go to school and take a sandwich, and then even have some at dinner time, because my family loved bread, and we would always have bread at dinner time. That didn't even cross my mind until... I was exposed to diet culture and then all of a sudden like bread was non-existent in my life and eating it more than once per day like oh I'm being bad but in reality like that's fine it's so convenient as well bread is so delicious it's so delicious and when I was reading the comments as well I think this has to do a lot has to do with culture because European people have absolutely no worries with eating bread for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that's the evidence some gathered. It's like, that's just a normal cultural thing for them. But I think for Australians or, you know, people in the UK or people in America, I don't know. You can definitely, like, share your thoughts with me on this one. But, like, yeah, like, this type of behaviour is just, well, thanks to diet culture, it's just, like, demonised. It's, like frowned upon but in reality like it's okay it's okay and if you are in a stage right now where you like fear eating bread multiple times per day I really do challenge you to actually go out and eat bread more than once okay so if you choose to have bread for breakfast great but if you are craving bread for lunch as well and you've got that thought being like oh my god, I can only have two slices per day, like, ooh, okay. To overcome that fear, we essentially have to do the opposite of what our brain is telling us. So you have to go all in, essentially, and fight that food police, fight diet culture, and choose to eat another two slices, another three slices, if you wish, of bread for lunch. And see what happens, okay? See what happens, but... You have permission. You absolutely have permission to eat bread multiple times per day. Alrighty, so the next one I want to talk about. Eating more than your friends, your family members, or even your partner. On social media recently, well, in my opinion, there's been a lot of posts and information and images of, like, those his and her plates where, like, the hers is much smaller than the his. Now, don't get me wrong, on a genetic level... Males typically do need more food, more energy than a female. But, you know, sometimes a female 
needs just as much, even more than their male partner, for example. Okay, that's that's a bit that's really like that grinds my gears. Those uh, social media posts because like the women's portion of food, you know, sometimes like hell. If I looked at that portion of a woman's plate, I'm like hell. I would need the man's plate, one hundred percent. But because of diet culture, they've they're simply telling us like mm, a woman's plate essentially has to be smaller. But if you need, okay, because again, everybody's energy needs are so different. If you need the same amount as your partner, if not more, then that is completely okay because you may have different energy levels to your partner, to your friend, to your family member. I know when I sit down at the table with my family, Jesus Christ, my plate looks way bigger than my father's or my mum. And, you know, in the past they did get comments a lot. I'm like, whoa, Emma, that's a lot of food. I'm like, "Ah," and I'm just like dying inside. But like now I'm strong, confident and being like, well, no, this is exactly what my body needs. And I'm, if I eat a smaller portion or, you know, what you're eating, that's not going to make me feel satisfied. And this is a big one when eating out as well. You know, if you go out and order a bigger meal than your friend or your family member or your partner and you feel ashamed of that, don't be ashamed of that, okay? You go out, you order what you're craving and you eat what you need because everybody has different energy levels. People have different needs and that's okay. It's a normal eating behavior to eat more than somebody else around you at the table. Enough of this shit of being like, oh, God, no, 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 you have to have like a smaller portion if you're a woman. Like, no. If you need a bigger portion, you can eat the, the his plate too. You don't have to stick to the tiny. And again, these images are so unrealistic as well. But like, just, ugh. Just ignore it. Just literally ignore it and you eat the amount that you need. The next one. All right. This is a normal eating behavior, but somehow over the years, especially recently, diet culture has been like, no, no can do. Stop that right there. And that is baking the real version of baked goods. Nowadays, it seems like, and it's pushed into us, like, You must make this cake the healthiest cake in the world. No more butter, no more sugar, no more anything. You need to fill it with all these crazy superfoods. Well, you know what? That cake with all the superfoods and the 500 different flours and all that tastes like shit. And there was a time where I convinced myself that that healthy cake was the greatest thing on earth. I look back now, I'm like, Jesus, Emma, that was disgusting. And I know now that the best tasting cake is the real cake. The one made with real butter and real sugar. Okay. There is nothing wrong with enjoying, you know, a slice of real cake. There is nothing wrong with baking real cookies. Because if you find that they taste the best, okay, cool. Continue with that. All right. But this is not to say, like, if you enjoy the healthy version of cookies, well, go ahead and eat that too. But there's nothing wrong with enjoying the real version. There's nothing wrong. That's a part of normal eating. You're not going to go to someone's birthday and be like, oh, sorry, does this contain XYZ ingredient? Oh, I can't have that. And don't, oh my God, don't be one of those people on your birthday and have this like 
10 million ingredient superfood cake or whatever or opt for like a fruit cake or you know oh no don't do that because that is going to be a miserable birthday and no please please on your birthday please eat a real cake or whatever you choose to eat to celebrate your birthday um but you know in general like it's okay to bake the real version of your baked goods i know that i usually just use a betty crocker cake mix to bake my cupcakes because i know they taste the good taste the best honestly and i don't give a shit like i mean yes i would love to you know bake you know handmade stuff but i don't have the time and i'm not gonna have the time anymore because jesus i'm onto a new life right now but like there's nothing wrong with baking betty crocker if betty crocker makes you happy and it tastes the best and it's convenient i don't know i just feel like nowadays especially it's just pushed into us protein like you have to make protein muffins and protein cookies and protein cake and like again nothing wrong with that but it you don't have to in order to achieve health okay health is still eating these foods these real versions of foods too while also including you know your fruits and vegetables and your whole grains and your lean meats and proteins and all that fun stuff so yeah no more no more of this superfood cakes with all these 100 different flowers like it's okay just have a betty crocker cake the next one that I'm going to talk about honestly still baffles me. I mean, we're in 2023 and this is still a thing. Anyway, so diet culture really loves to demonize carbohydrates. We know that, right? It's been one of the main predominant implementation factors that has ruined so many of our lives. <laughs> Hands up if it's ruined your life, hey? Um, but in particular, like eating carbohydrates at every meal. And I think this is commonly seen where, you know, they encourage carbohydrates, you know, at breakfast time, maybe lunch. I feel like carbohydrates at dinner is a one that really gets demonized because, oh my God, you can't have carbohydrates too close to bed. Again, that disgusting food rule that makes absolute no sense. So it is completely okay to eat carbohydrates, number one, but to eat carbohydrates at every meal, because you know what I've spoken about time and time again on this podcast Carbohydrates is our body's preferred macronutrient, our body's preferred source of energy. And if you want to feel energized all throughout the day, then I highly suggest that you should be including carbohydrates at breakfast time, carbohydrates at lunch time, and carbohydrates at dinner time. And you know what? There is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. And don't feel as well, and this is a big one too, if you feel like you ate, again, I'm going to put this in quotation marks, too much or too many carbohydrates at breakfast, that doesn't mean you have to skimp on the carbohydrates at dinner. No. If you, you know, if you want a bowl of pasta with some garlic bread, hell yeah, and you're craving that, go ahead and eat that for dinner, regardless of what you ate earlier in the day, Okay. Your body loves carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are never, never the enemy. Never the enemy. I feel like carbohydrates, the messaging around carbohydrates has damaged so many of us. And it's so sad to see that so many of us are fearful of carbohydrates. But once you actually do the education around the benefits of carbohydrates and why our body thrives 
of carbohydrates, you will then realize like, what the hell was I doing? I just wasted so much time avoiding carbohydrates, opting for the lower carb variety when that variety tasted like pure shit. And, you know, you might feel angry at yourself for doing that, but you get to a stage where you're like, no, I, I know carbohydrates are so good for my body. I know my body loves them. I'm going to continue to eat them in, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because you know what? That's normal. It's not normal to always choose the low carb variety and cut them out of your diet altogether. Ooh, okay, this next one, I think catches a lot of people as well. And that is eating more than the serving size. A lot of people think that in order to eat healthy, you have to eat the serving size of a particular food, particularly packaged foods, because, well, serving sizes are mainly shown on packaged foods compared to fruits and vegetables where like if you look at the Australian dietary guidelines you know not many people have that printed out or you know on their computers and that sort of stuff they do have like the serving sizes of fruits and vegetables and whole grains and that sort of stuff but I think it's more applicable in this case for like packaged foods in you know the supermarkets and that sort of stuff. Now some information about serving sizes all right by regulations all right Packaged foods need to have a serving size, otherwise they can't sell it in the supermarkets, all right? And what makes up a serve, what makes up a serving size, that is going to be completely different among foods. It's going to be different among many different foods. But in reality, that serving size that is listed on that packaged food has absolutely nothing to do with how much you should eat. Okay, because that serving size that that manufacturer, that company, that brand has put on their packaged food, has it in the nutritional panel, okay, that is based on how much a person is expected to eat. That is based on the average Australian diet. I'm just going to use that for example. They take that into account and they base it off just an average human being. But as we've discussed, not everybody needs the amount of an average human being, okay? We all have different energy levels we have different I know body types body composition we are different ages we different genders different metabolisms all of that sort of stuff that really I did not word that okay I oh my god I just want to cut that out but it's okay because we need to lean into imperfection here but do not let the serving size on the packaged foods dictate how much you need because again you need what you need and sometimes that is more than the serving size and sometimes that can be less than the serving size and for some foods okay if you actually measure out exactly what that serving size is that is listed on the packet there is no way in hell that is going to satisfy you and i know there's a fair few foods out there where they've listed the serving size and it is it's for a rabbit it's for a mouse. It's like not even for a human being. And you think like, Jesus Christ, I eat like quadruple the serving size of that amount. Okay. Don't let that impact your food choices. Don't let that impact your relationship with food. Okay. You pour, you measure out exactly how much you need in order for you to feel satisfied and full. All right. Serving sizes, like I said, it's going to be different among different foods. All foods need to have it, but again, that particular serving size the company puts on the foods, 
is based on the average diet, but not your diet though. So that's the catch. So you add, you pour, you measure exactly how much you need. Alrighty guys, this is the last one. I've had fun with this episode. If you've had fun, well definitely let me know. Give this uh, podcast a rating and a review. Um, wow, look at me. No, but I gotta promote my show somehow. But if you haven't already, give this give this podcast a rating and review because it does help out my show a lot. Um, it helps me get noticed and share it with a friend. Share it with a family member. Share it with someone who might need to hear this today. Okay, but last one, ladies and gentlemen that is completely normal, but diet culture has absolutely just scrutinized and demonized, is eating breakfast. And I'm laughing because to me, like, this is common sense, like, duh, we need to eat breakfast. But for someone who isn't, you know, educated around nutrition as well, will take the information that they're being given on social media, on some scabby, shitty website on Google, that some company that doesn't even have like accredited nutritional professionals even writing the article being like breakfast is bad steer clear from breakfast no like intermittent fasting is one of the worst things that you can do especially for females okay because jesus christ that will disrupt our hormones like crazy and like i said you know overnight our glycogen stores within our liver get depleted so you if you're prolonging your food okay because i don't what's a typical fast like 12 16 hours i don't even know because i don't give a shit about it but like you your body is going to be in a stress state okay if you tuned back into oh i think it was two weeks ago the episode where i talked about under eating and feeling extra productive i did talk a lot about survival mode and stress state when we are deprived of energy and that sort of stuff so if you want to check that episode out just scroll back a little bit and give that one a listen, but eating breakfast is one of the most healthiest things you can do as a human being if you want to have a healthy, balanced diet, okay? It is, oh my God, like it's one of the healthiest things, okay? Do not listen to people who will tell you, don't eat breakfast, like just go straight to lunch. Like, I'm sorry, but like, like not eating breakfast is one of the major causes for binge eating, 100%, 100%, okay, eating breakfast will actually stop you having that extreme ravenous hunger, you know, later in the day, which then, you know, leads to binge eating, okay, if you actually feed your body, you know, first thing in the morning, you're less likely going to have this urge to binge later in the day, because you've, you know, nourished yourself when you're supposed to nourish yourself, which is, you know, early in the morning and, you know, throughout the rest of the day as well, okay? Every three to four hours is a good good time frame as to when you should be eating and that sort of stuff. Eating breakfast is also going to help you feel energized and have that stable energy all throughout the day. So you're not getting that 3 p.m. slump or even the lunchtime slump because you've literally got no energy in your body. It's going to help you actually stay focused at work, at university, you know, being present with your family, being present with your friends and that sort of stuff. Eating breakfast does support your hormones as well, ladies, all right? Really, really important. It helps regulate your blood sugar, all right? That's just a, that's just a handful of the benefits as to why you should be eating breakfast every single morning, all right? 
fasting, I like it's a hard pass for me. Hell no. Okay, nourish your body right, treat your body right. Eating breakfast is again one of the most healthiest eating practices out there, and yet so many of us don't do it because you know there's there's several things one because diet culture influences us to fast to skip breakfast in order to quote unquote lose weight or appear thin and shredded and lean whatever look it's it, yuck i hate even i hate even saying those words but it's true that's what diet culture preaches and teaches um it could be the fact that people simply just you know say they don't have the time but you know if you if you do feel like you don't have the time for breakfast all right still have something small, still have something convenient, even like, you know, have a yogurt and one of those like oat bars, an up and go. An up and go is one of the easiest ones to have if you want toast or, you know, maybe get into the habit of prepping something overnight, like overnight oats. I just made overnight oats just then and I cannot wait to have them tomorrow. Um, and that sort of stuff. Start out small. Start out small. Um, but breakfast, maybe if you're struggling with breakfast ideas, like hell, I'll give you some. Oats, I mean, that's that's a given in my lifestyle. Oats, um, pancakes, if you've got the time, that's a weekend one. Um, I'm also been loving soft granola. Now, I've seen this trend all over social media. Basically, and I think this is correct, it's mashed banana, oats, a little bit of maple syrup. You mash that up, and then you put that in a frying pan, and then you cook it so it gets brown for like 5 to 10 minutes, and then you serve it with like yogurt, milk fruit peanut butter i mean it tastes like banana pancakes um but it's like soft it's like soft it's not like crunchy granola um granola and muesli and yogurt bowls is another good breakfast idea eggs on toast i mean that's super simple avocado toast um nah, what's another one i you know, that's that's a that's a handful of ideas for you guys but like you know especially if you do not have the time like start out with those smaller options and then Especially if you don't have an appetite as well, start off with the smaller ones and then slowly over time you can build yourself up to a more proper substantial meal, if you get what I mean. Alrighty guys, so that concludes today's episode. Let me do a little recap for you guys, um, a little take home so you guys can make sure and reaffirm to yourself like, hey, these are normal, there's nothing wrong with these eating behaviours, alright? It is okay, it is normal to snack at night, to eat at night. It is okay to eat dessert every single day. It is definitely okay, all right, to eat bread multiple times per day. And like I said, if you feel like you're in a position where that's that creates anxiety, that creates fear for you, I do challenge you, after listening to this episode, to go out and choose to eat bread more than once per day and see how you feel. And see how you feel, alright? It is okay to eat more than your family member, than your friends, than your partner, alright? It is completely normal and okay to bake the real version of your baked goods because, I mean, if it tastes good and it's the best version out there, then why the hell would you go and make this disgusting version? And the more expensive version because we all know how these multiple different types of flowers and all these sugars and oils and that sort of stuff from the health food store, like it's just not feasible for a lot of us nowadays. And especially with the cost of living, that's just really rapidly increasing at the moment. It is okay to have carbohydrates at every single meal. 
all right? It is okay to eat more than the serving size because the serving size does not take into account exactly what your body needs. It's just a guide. And finally, it is definitely normal to eat breakfast. And that is one I really hope you guys are implementing every single day. But that is it. I really had fun doing this episode today. And like I said, if you enjoyed it, send me a message, give it a rating, give it a review, send it to a friend, send it to someone who might need it today. Um, But yeah, if you do enjoy this episode and you want more content from me, definitely check out my Instagram. That is EmmaClark underscore nutrition. Check out my TikTok, excuse me, which is EmmaClarkNutrition, all one word. If you'd like to see, receive, excuse me, weekly emails from me on topics similar to this, um, you can subscribe to my email list. That will be in the show notes below. If you have any specific topics you would like me to discuss on this podcast, definitely send me a message. Um, I'm more than happy to take that into consideration. Um, but other than that, I think that's all I have to say. Um, thank you so much for tuning in once again. If nobody has told you today, you're an absolute legend. And I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. And I will catch you guys next week. Peace out, everybody.